Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to talk about corporate social responsibility. My guest this time is the wonderful, fabulous, courageous superhero, Cecilia Crossley, founder of the social enterprise from Babies with Love, a not-for-profit that provides services to HR leaders, such as its flagship parental leave gift service. And through this work, Cecilia realized that HR pros and social entrepreneurs are working in the same areas towards the same goals, albeit perhaps in different ways. And we're going to get into that as part of our conversation today. Uh, Cecilia is also the host of the How HR Leaders Change the World podcast. So I always get nervous when I'm interviewing another podcaster because they can they can see all my failings, I'm sure. Um, and, and that show, it, it features leaders who are passionate about creating positive change through the work of HR. They share actionable steps that they've taken to drive social and environmental changes, contributing to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Cecilia is half Brazilian and says that as a child, she saw children living in the streets of Rio and this fueled her passion for international development and social enterprise. Cecilia, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Bill. What an absolutely lovely um, introduction. I really appreciate it. And I'm really excited to be here today. To start with, here's a big one for you. Okay. To you, what, what does corporate social responsibility mean? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, I actually have very negative feelings towards that phrase now, um, which in reflecting on it is quite odd because the corporate social responsibility work of big businesses has informed my entire career in that um, I, I trained as an accountant at the beginning of my career and I worked for a big four accountancy firm. And in, and in addition to doing the job that I was paid to do, I kept kind of toddling off to the CSR, corporate social responsibility department, asking for more work and to get involved in in projects doing um, pro bono work for charities in London. And um, that um, made me realise that's where my passion was. And it, and it led me out of um, financial services and into international development. And uh, that's where I started to learn about social enterprise. And back then, um, you know, companies or, you know, most big companies had a CSR department. And I think the impression I have of that now is that it is very well intended. Um, but was somewhat a bolt on and not a core business driver or a core business uh, element of core business strategy of big business. And um, it's been brilliant to see that over the past couple of decades that has shifted enormously. Um, and, um, you know, my my LinkedIn feed now is full of things like the language of purpose and the language of social impact. Um, and, and back when I began my career, these these phrases were not commonplace. And and what I feel about CSR now is, um, it, you know, in its phrase or in its origins, it has become outdated and rightly so, because I think the case for successful business being business that, yes, makes a positive net profit, but also makes a positive net contribution to the society it serves um, is the fundamental premise of what business looks like and will be in the future. And so I think that's what CSR means to me, although I'd like to replace the phrase completely. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much. OK, it's gone. I'm going to do my best not not to mention that phrase one more time in this interview today. Um, 
okay, now maybe tell me a bit about from babies with love and and how how you guys are helping HR with their goals and more generally perhaps you can share how HR can deliver commercial goals and and social change by partnering with with social enterprises. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah, so I'm the founder of From Babies With Love and we are the baby brand that donates 100% of its profits to orphan and abandoned children, as you kindly mentioned in your introduction. And we help HR directors um, solve the challenge of connecting with colleagues um, across their parental leave and in returning to work. Um, That's a challenge because everybody's different. Some people like to be on email every day, others hand their laptop in and um, aren't in touch for, you know, months, if not over a year, and everything in between. And it's important because those colleagues on parental leave feeling connected um, is a key contributor to retaining them alongside the practicalities of perhaps flexible work arrangements or whatever the logistics they need to have a thriving career as a working parent. They also want to feel that they're included and they're appreciated as a working parent in their work culture. And how we help Um, deliver that connection is through our social enterprise model because it's the story of how our clients gift celebrating their colleague and the arrival of the new addition to their family you know one of the most important times in someone's life and so to career Um, it's the celebration of them and at the same time how the company is helping a less fortunate child that connects that touches the heart the universal emotions of parenthood Um, no matter one's gender culture geography you know it, it it's universal in our humanity and it's an expression of people's strategy and that word corporate responsibility in a really timely and simple and powerful way and it's simply transforming spend that historically has taken place anyway in an ad hoc non-inclusive non-strategic fashion you know quite often on a bunch of flowers sorted out by an EA with lots of people missed out you know so it's a really simple um service but very impactful and really contributing to a retention strategy that is not only important from a financial business case of the cost of replacing people but also attrition of working parents is such a key driver of gender imbalance particularly at senior levels so it really feeds into you know um an issue that I'm pleased to see is really on on all executive committees um, to-do lists now in in addressing any gender imbalance that may remain in their companies. And that's what From Babies of Love does. And that's how it is I came to meet HR directors and start to learn about their objectives and their work and and come to see this perspective that um, there are many commonalities in our work. And that that does link me to your your question about how is it social enterprise contribute contribute to um the commercial goals of businesses um and there are many ways you know not only may they be delivering better value for a better price than a traditional business in in just the very basics of a product and service but i would say in all cases they also enhance value by demonstrating how through simply a supply chain switch a company can um tangibly show how it's contributing in its own communities or in in its customer communities and and that it you know that it's serving its own products and services in and there's there's a lot of innovation also within diversity inclusion that comes from that Um, 
There are so many examples of wonderful social enterprises serving into to IT directors, marketing directors, HR in our case, procurement directors. We don't have time to list them all here, but I would encourage anybody who's interested to learn more about what social enterprise is and how it delivers better value um, through the choice of purchasing products and services from them to check out um, both in countries like the UK and Canada, there are um, initiatives called Buy Social. And you can Google social enterprise, buy social, and um, institutions that are driving that agenda will pop up and lead you to all sorts of useful information to give you the breadth of what's going on and what big companies are doing to take advantage of the opportunity. Okay, super. Thank you very much. I'd like to get a little bit more uh, basic with you for a minute um, and, and talk about practicalities for a minute. Um, any any tips for, for managers out there um, who have folk coming back from um, maternity leave or paternity leave and um, maybe an opening conversation that they should have with them to, to, to try and accommodate any, any new needs ar arising from the fact that they've got a little, a little bubber at home now? Yeah, it's a really important question because that point of somebody transitioning back into work, first child or addition, you know, a new addition to the family, um, is so important to someone's carrying on their career in a, in a high performing, highly driven, highly motivated, and happy way. Um, I would actually say that that conversation needs to begin before the person takes leave, and that best practice is to agree and have in place a return to work plan before the person takes leave. Nothing, you know, not rocket science, just covering off things like the example you've just mentioned of let's schedule in that conversation um, and, and check in on the original plans we made back then. Are they still applicable now? Because, of course, so much can change on, on somebody's parental leave journey. But to have the conversation even before somebody's begun parental leave so that the individual who's coming back knows that that's already there and that there is a there is a program, there is a structure, there is time allocated and resource allocated to ensuring a smooth transition is a really simple and effective tool to, um, you know, helping them not feel nervous, I suppose, or have any anxiety about their transition back to work. And um, we just have, we just, we have just produced um, a cheat sheet, a one page guide, whatever the phrase you might like, on what are the best practices at that return to work point. Um, you can get that through our website. It's a free resource. Anybody particularly interested in that return to work challenge uh, might find it useful to just quickly assess their own existing practice against the, the five best practice examples we've come up with um, as a quick sense check of, of how their organisation's doing. Um, I hope that was a useful answer, Bill, for your audience um, and, and the challenges they're working on at the moment. Great answer, and they get a cheat sheet. What about that? Um, I'm, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can add a link uh, somewhere in, in the show notes. One podcaster to, to another. Um, so, as I understand it, you, you believe that all HR professionals are, are change makers, and they're they're all contributing to positive social change, but not necessarily thinking about the the connections or using that language in in their work or enjoying feeling rewarded by it explain how that led you to to launching the how hr leaders change the world podcast thank you bill and um i love this topic so much so if i talk too long please do um to say thank you very much that's enough um the two examples that were screaming at me in 2020 as a lay person who is not a trained hr professional were the pandemic uh, first the first one was the pandemic 
because my LinkedIn feed was full of the world's HR leaders and many HR professionals in it uh, too, talking about the physical and mental well-being of their workforce. And sustainable development goal number three is physical and mental well-being. So I thought, well, there we go. That, that's immediate straight line connection between the work of HR and a sustainable development goal. Shortly after I thought about that one, the second one was with the um, murder of George Floyd and the amplification of the Black Lives Matter movement. Again, my LinkedIn feed was full of HR professionals talking about and questioning and, and trying to um, enter into discussion and learn about what their role is in addressing racial injustice in their organisation, what the role of HR is in addressing racial injustice and what the role of business is um, in broader society in doing that. And I think um, the breadth of that topic leads us to many of the sustainable development goals um, because of its breadth and complexity. Um, but again, that was just another example. And I just thought to myself, well, these are two examples that are it appears to me everybody is talking about in HR and um, show to me directly the contribution HR is making to positive social change. Um, so what if we actually ask the experts? What if we ask people who have been had an entire career in HR, um, their views and their ambitions and their examples of success or challenge and learnings so far? Um, wouldn't that be a useful contribution to um, increase conversation in this space and draw together the connections that the day-to-day -day work of HR, be it, um, you know, a pay band review and making sure there's fair pay and nobody's falling outside their pay bands or living on a um, an, an unfair wage, or um, a learning and development strategy review that is considering how um, you know entry points into the workforce and how they are accessing a diverse range of talent and creating access to opportunity. You know, again, this is this is all from a layperson's perspective, but I can immediately see how they are all contributing to achieving the SDGs, um, and and that's what led me to the idea of um, you know how is it. HR leaders change the world. I'm absolutely confident. And the more and more I do the podcast, the, the more I'm I'm excited and and um, you know feel that the examples we're given, you know, prove that they absolutely do. And the goal of the podcast is really just to um introduce the language of change making and the sustainable development goals to the profession. And my dream is perhaps that one day in all the professional accreditations and courses and degrees that HR professionals do, that there'll be a module called um, How You Change the World. Um, and it will become properly, in, properly embedded within the profession. I'm sure there's an opportunity like that for every profession, actually. But to me, it seems a really fantastic thing that that, that can happen in HR. So let's see if I <laughs> if I achieve that dream. What an awesome aspiration. I love that. And you, you've had some pretty cool guests on already so far. Maybe name drop one or two that um, have particularly left an impact on you and, and explain why. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So um, it's a really hard question, actually, because there are many. You, I, I agree with you. We have 
we have connected with some wonderful people who um, it's just really reaffirming when some really senior global CHROs or, or chief diversity inclusion officers want to come on. They're such busy people, but it just affirms to me that this is such a timely and relevant topic and a timely perspective to share, an important perspective to share. Um, for example, recently, a lady called um, Salima Bimani came on and she is chief strategist and um, director of equity and inclusion at the Other Bets, which is the part of Alphabet um, that covers all the group companies of Alphabet with the exception of Google. So it's a really huge and, and you know, enormous company and she's doing amazing things and she was really um yeah talking about systemic change and um what that looks like within a company and how you take a systems thinking approach to um the topic of equity why that's important from for commercial success um and how on earth you go about doing that and and she really inspired me I said to her I want to reach through my computer and hug you <laughs> I love what she said so much um and that was that was a, you know she has an academic background so there was really theoretical inspiring stuff in there but also really actionable examples of, of like well if you want to if you're inspired by Selena too and want to do some of this in your own team or your own company you know what do you do first um, there have been a lot of people recently talking about um, the work they're leading in creating hybrid working uh, within their organisations. And I mentioned that because that's probably quite timely for many of your listeners as well, uh, given the pandemic. Um, and, you know, just to connect that back, the opportunity for hybrid working has so many positives to social change because of the inclusivity that the opportunity to work a bit more flexibly creates. So, for example, Sustainable, De Sustainable Development Goal 5 is um, gender equality. And, um, you know, historically, uh, caring responsibilities have fallen upon um uh, women or people that identify as female and um and that has skewed um many factors in working life um and hybrid working creates an opportunity to readdress that and and create better gender balance and achieve that sdg and it's the world's hr leaders that are, are leading that and creating it um there's also been a lot of hr leaders talking recently again i think timely as it's been, um, the opportunity has been powered forward by the pandemic. Perhaps if there's a silver lining, I appreciate that's a weird thing to say about a pandemic, but um, how the social capital of HR and, you know, HR leaders has really risen in terms of their voice on executive committees and boards. And um, the CHRO of Entertainment One, uh, last week, her episode published, and she was talking about HR owning the podium and how HR are advocates and business enablers. The concept of um, the personnel department, the, compl the compliance role, all of those elements of work are, of course, fundamental to HR, but there is so much more. And, and that's what I say about this exciting um, opportunity ahead for the, the how HR is driving a business commercially and and, um, and in society, which I just think, yeah, it's lovely to hear that on, on the podcast. I hope those are useful examples. I think I should stop talking now. <laughs> they, they, no, that was great. Thank you. Um, um, the person from Entertainment One that you mentioned at the end there, uh, Jen Boyokas. Uh, I actually need to chase up Jen and get an interview with her as well because she's awesome. Um, she is. She's, but, 
she spoke at one of our events a, a wee while ago for innovate work and um yeah great message um okay listen we're we're already coming towards the end of today's interview um before we before we do wrap up though maybe, maybe you can share with our listeners how they can connect with you and also how they can learn more about from babies with love Thank you so much, Bill. Um, well, I would love um, to introduce the podcast, How HR Leaders Change the World, to um, your listeners. Um, I very much hope that this conversation has sparked their interest and they're excited to feel about how their work, uh, you know, all the day-to-day -day things they've got on their to-do list, it's not adding, it's just placing it all in the context of uh, the contribution that's making to positive change in society. And, and I think it does make people feel great. Of course it does, you know, when, when you do something good in the world. So um, they can find the podcast on their favourite podcast platform for sure, or come over to our website. We've got all the links um, to it on our own website which is from babieswithlove.org um, there's also some little videos on there if you want to hear from me and, and see my face and hear what I have to say about the you know the day-to-day -day services that we provide um, and uh, and most importantly I suppose um, in terms of what gets me out of bed every morning is you can also see on our website about those 26,000 children that we and our clients and you know all our supporters as well everyone that listens to the podcast we are all you know we're all creating positive change and in the specific day-to-day -day of what we do we're, we're helping 26,000 orphan and abandoned children and you can meet some of them and hear about the stories of positive social change and um at the end of the day I think that's what it's all about and um yeah I hope it will be of interest um and I'd be I would love to connect with some of your audience um and um yeah join in in all the fabulous work that you do as well Bill um all credit to you and um the own phenomenal community that you've created and um yeah thank you again for allowing me to be part of it Thank you, Cecilia. I just think that you guys do awesome work, fantastic work. And and I, I personally love your energy. You're such a positive person. And uh, and that just comes through here, even though we're not sitting together. I, I, I can I can feel it. I can feel your energy and your positivity. And and um, I, I really I can hear that you love what you do. So keep doing it. Thank you so much, Bill. You too. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.